Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. It's Dr. Mark List. Uh, before we get into today's episode, uh, we're hitting up the uh, joke uh, from the inbox at primarycarepod.gmail.com. You can, tell, you can tell it's been a long time since I've done an episode. I can't even remember how to do my own intros. Uh, anyways, uh, today's joke comes from an anonymous listener, uh, as usual. Uh, hey, Dr. List. I've been in clinic telling my patients about the benefits of eating dried grapes. You know, raising awareness. Woo! All right, uh, let's start the podcast. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List. Here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, welcome back, pod girls, pod boys, pod people. It's your pod doc, Dr. Mark List. Uh, it's been a long time since I've done an episode. I apologize. Taking a little break, uh, just getting out of the rhythm of doing it. Uh, I, I had this time uh, every week where I would have to drop off a kid at a sport activity and I could run to the office real quick and hammer out a podcast episode. Uh, that activity is now done, so struggling to find time, fit time into recording an episode. That was that I'd gotten into a good routine of doing that. So uh, gotta gotta find a new routine. But uh, today's episode uh, is actually on a recent April 11th of 2023 uh, article from JAMA. And you know I, I've been doing a lot of JAMAs recently. They've actually had a lot of good articles um, for general medicine recently. I'm not usually a big JAMA fan because I think a lot of the times they have um, some of their uh, uh, articles are either too specified or more focused on hospital medicine. Um, but there's actually um, a couple that I, I, I'd like to use. And so anyways, uh, this one, again, from uh, April 11th, is a really interesting trial. And it gets at the question that comes up in primary care all the time. And that is, what is the best blood pressure medicine to start somebody on? And, uh, you know, I've had med students before ask me, you know, what is your process on how do you choose which antihypertensive to start with? And, you know, in this podcast in the past, we've done um, many, 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 many blood pressure um, topics before. And one of my most recent ones uh, that got a lot of good feedback was, you know, the difference between losartan and lisinopril. Should you start an ACE or should you choose an ACE inhibitor? Uh, sorry, an ARB or should you choose an ACE inhibitor? And, at, you know, my take home from that uh, article in that research was the major adverse cardiac events, the benefits between ACEs and ARBs are very similar. And so using an ARB tends to have fewer side effects and therefore I now choose ARBs as my first line therapy. This article is actually a really interesting study. So not just a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial, right, but a randomized double-blind repeated crossover trial, and this is not about placebo, but what they did was they took about 1,500 completed treatment period, right? So periods uh, of about 280 people. So they put 280 people and they had a two-week washout where they gave them no antihypertensives and used a placebo. And then they gave them randomly one of four medications, okay? So to cover the ARBs, they did candesartan. Again, not my favorite, but it's fine, equivalent to losartan, right? So they gave candesartan. One period of treatment, they gave lisinopril, so you got randomized to 
canisartan or lisinopril for that covers our ACE inhibitor, obviously, uh, amlodipine 10 milligrams, so that that's your calcium channel blocker, or hydrochlorothiazide 25, right? So we've got uh, all of our major first line classes covered in terms of uh, you know treatment. And so what they did was they had this washout period with placebo. So everyone was at the same baseline. They randomized them into these four groups. And then each period of treatment was roughly on average eight weeks. So seven to nine weeks duration, okay? And they documented the reduction in blood pressure from baseline with the antihypertensive, okay? Then after that, they had a one-week washout period where they took no medications, okay? Oh, sorry, they took placebo in between treatment period, okay? And then they took all of these people and crossed them over into a different randomized group. So eventually all 280 people were randomized to all four groups. And then they, just for uh, clarity's sake, basically they washed them out again. And then they had a... Uh, treatment protocol where then they randomized them to one of the two of the four groups again. So basically, um, you had six periods of treatment. You got an ACE in one group, an ARB in one group, a calcium inter blocker one in one group, and a thiazide diuretic in one group. And then you randomly got assigned to repeat two of those four again. And the idea is, is there a is there a major difference? in the same patients responding, does, does everyone respond uniformly uh, or, or is, there, um, is there a optimal, right? Is there an optimal choice or is there enough heterogeneity that it doesn't really matter what you, what you take, right? Because everyone, it responds differently. On average, basically each individual person on average had a blood pressure medicine that worked better for them. And so this idea of personalization and seeing which blood pressure medicines worked better for individual users, uh, individual patients. And the outcome and the outcomes were very clear that using this trial, using this kind of randomized crossover trial where everyone got a little bit of uh, every single medication, very clearly showed that there was about a five millimeters of mercury uh, difference in systolic blood pressure between the optimal treatment for that individual patient versus any other medication in any of the other trials, right? There was not much of a difference between ACE inhibitors and ARBs. There was not much of a difference between amlodipine and hydrochlorothiazide, but there was a massive difference. I shouldn't say massive. There was a clear difference that some patients responded very uh, much better to an ARB or an ACE over a calcium channel blocker or a calcium channel blocker over an ACE or an ARB or an ACE and an ARB over hydrochlorothiazide, hydrochlorothiazide over an ACE or ARB, right? So the choice of antihypertensive mattered, but it varied dramatically from user to user, right? So the discussion of this the study is actually really interesting because I think this is, right, the whole point of the study is that antihypertensive management is best done in a personalized setting, right? So not all patients are going to respond to ACEs or ARBs in the same way. Similarly, it's impossible to know which patient is going to respond to which medication until trials are done, right? So the discussion, uh, I'm gonna read this first paragraph because I thought it was really good. 
This study provided evidence that widely used hypertense, antihypertensive drugs vary in effectiveness between individuals with potential for greater blood pressure reductions with personalized targeting of therapy. The mean additional blood pressure reduction was achievable, achievable was substantial of a magnitude twice that achieved by doubling the dose of the first blood pressure lowering drug and more than half of adding a second drug on average. So what does that mean? It means that getting a personalized blood pressure medicine that seems to work best for that patient is actually twice as good as just increasing a first medication you know, uh, to double to double the first medication. So basically, if we're on 20 of lisinopril, going up to 40 has half of good of improvement compared to finding a low dose of the correct blood pressure medicine for that patient, if lisinopril is not the choice for that patient. And compared to adding a second drug, it is, uh, the blood pressure reduction is more than half of it. So <clears throat> you're getting a, without having to add a second blood pressure medicine, you're getting most of the same benefit with a single well-chosen antihypertensive compared to adding a second agent. So um, I, I think this is really good. And they go on to discuss what the future of medicine can be. And this is kind of fun because um, I've been kind of working towards this way with a lot of patients, but I've never used it to custom tailor a therapy like this specifically. So uh, what they talk about in, in their clinic is these devices, at-home devices now, which allow for you know, continuous home blood pressures to be measured, right, uh, for intermittent um, accurate assessment of blood pressure. And as our, as our at-home tools get better for measuring blood pressure and documenting blood pressure, we can do these kind of crossover trials on our own patients, personalizing antihypertensive therapy for them. Now, in the real world, I know a lot of our patients don't come to us until they are already dealing with significant hypertension. And, you know, as we've talked about with previous episodes on the benefits of poly pills, oftentimes there are many patients that, you know, at the, at, at the basically onset of treatment, they're going to need multiple agents at lower doses. Um, but this study really talks about how if you find that patient's optimal medication, that you might be able to kind of blunt the need for multiple medications by choosing that one that's most effective. So uh, having that at-home blood pressure uh, ability to check blood pressures at home, right, blood pressure readings at home, you can then do this kind of crossover trial with your own patient where you say, okay, for two months, we're going to have you take Losartan, right? And we're going to have you take Losartan and we're going to see the response. And after two months, I want you to bring your blood pressures back into me and we'll see how you did with it. And then we can try a different medication, but if this is working really well for you, great, we'll keep it here, right? And so um, allowing your patient to be the one that determines if this is working for them, right? Not, not to say anything about potential side effects or adverse events that patients don't like about medications. Um, having this kind of crossover trial um, with or without a washout period, they did talk about the importance of the washout period just to make sure that you weren't having residual effects from the uh, previous medication before you switch to the other medication. So in this study, it was one week. Um, they talked about how uh, you know two to four weeks could be considered but really one week is the individual is, is definitely at least a, a minimum for a need um, before you go to the next two month trial. But I think that I will kind of use this own little um, algorithm in my own practice in terms of, you know, yes, I have this algorithm in my head of I'm going to start with Losartan, then I move to hydrochlorothiazide, then I go to amlodipine, for example, and then I usually choose spironolactone after that, going back for beta blockers as a fifth line. 
But this might make me more likely to individualize the choice, right? Um, in terms of giving people the option of, well, we don't need to just blindly try this trial. We could have you kind of monitor at home. And then you also give your patient more agency in the fact that they're in control and that they are also taking more um, initiative and more interest in their own blood pressures. So it's something interesting to think about. You do have to have a, uh, you know, a motivated patient who will check their blood pressures uh, on their own um, and give you feedback. Um, I, with technology nowadays, though, people being able to upload their blood pressures directly into the chart, uh, really handy. Um, we've done that a lot with some some people's devices. So that's been nice. Otherwise, I've just scanned their paper, um, their uh, paper copy in the chart for their blood pressures. Uh, regardless, though, um, again, I think this was a very interesting study with this randomized uh, control trial with multiple crossover segments, again, looking to individualize blood pressure therapy. Um, so again, at this point, you kind of have two main options that clearly both work. One is this kind of individualizing and personally tailoring blood pressure technique. But then the other technique is completely in the opposite direction, which is just put people on a bunch of low doses of blood pressure medicines and see the mortality and the improvement in their blood pressure and overall metabolic syndrome with kind of that quote unquote polypill approach, which is very well studied at this point and really well, um, really objectively beneficial for many patients to have multiple agents, but on low doses in combination. So uh, this has been Dr. Markless with the Primary Care Podcast. Reminder, don't need to stay up all night, stay up to date. Uh, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you again later. Bye.